uh, this, this Lenten season, we're, we're continuing our way through the Psalms of Ascent. That's a section of the, of the Psalm, the book of Psalms, where, the, where they're, they're, we believe that they were songs and prayers that God's people prayed as they went up to Jerusalem. It was literally an ascent, so these were the songs they sang on their way up. And it's an appropriate thing for us to do at Advent. We're going up to the festival of Christmas now. We're, we're going up to the cross. We're going up to the festival of Easter as we journey. It's a pilgrimage we're on. It's appropriate for us to continue to journey with God's people uh, because we all take this journey, right? God's people, it connects us to the church of the past, the present, the future even, as we take this journey together. Tonight, we're looking at Psalm 124. Uh, a psalm, a psalm of ascent, but also I, I'm starting to see more and more. It's the psalm of people who are afraid, uh, people who have been victimized, uh, people who have been abused and harmed and traumatized. It's it's a psalm of hope for them, for us. Psalm 124. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say. If the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us. They would have swallowed us alive. When their anger flared against us, the, the flood would have engulfed us, the torrent would have swept over us, the raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord, who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth. Would you pray with me? Oh Lord Jesus Christ, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts, let it all be pleasing in your sight, God. You are our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It was a nightmare, at least that's how it seemed, as he stood in the plains and watched the enemy horde like a, like a, a great cloud of locusts, like bombarding down and cascading down a hill in front of him. They just came at him. He saw the enemy horde advancing, and it was not just their numbers that terrified him, it was their weapons too. These, these enemies were coming after him like this great cloud of locusts to, to swallow him, to swallow his home, to swallow his land, to swallow his city, to swallow his people alive, like, like a great fish just chomping down with great big teeth. It was like a nightmare, except it was real. He was watching an army coming toward him to destroy and defeat and swallow him and his people alive, to destroy them all. It was like a nightmare, except it wasn't, because he wasn't alone. The Lord was by his side. It was like a nightmare as he stood in front of his home again, and this time it was a wall of water. Like, like a tsunami coming toward a coastal town, like a hurricane tracking toward a city, this great wall of water, this flood was coming toward him, and it was taller than he was. It was taller than his home, and he knew that that water, like a wave, was going to crash down on him. 
and swallow him. And rush over him and just break down every building, every person, every being, everything that lived, that water was going to drive it to the ground and totally wash it away like, like a flood. He saw the wall of water coming toward him and a panic hit his chest. It was like a nightmare, except it was real. The flood was coming and panic hit his chest. And it would have overwhelmed him, except he wasn't alone. The Lord was by his side. The little bird, it was like a nightmare for the little bird too. She had been so free, the sparrow had been fluttering, fluttering here and there, just enjoying the day, going here and there, catching bugs, taking them back to her nest. And then the, fowl, then the snare, the fowler came and threw the net, and it fell on top of her wings like a huge weight, and it just dragged that sparrow to the ground. And you know how birds are when they're caught in a net. They just flutter and they flop fight with every ounce of their being, trying to get free, trying to get out of the net, trying to get free from the cage. If it's a cage, they're banging against every bar of the cage. Eventually, the sparrow grew exhausted from the fight because she couldn't move it. She could lift her wings a minute, but they dropped right down. She couldn't get free. It was like a nightmare, except it was real. She really was caught in a net, and it was over for her, except it wasn't, because she wasn't alone. The, word, the Lord was by her side. I, I've been saying in, in, the, in all of these little examples that are trying to pull on threads in Psalm 124 that, that it was like a nightmare, except it wasn't, because you know as well as I do that stories like that are all too real. These, these kinds of things happen in all of our lives in some way. David is the author of the psalm, and as I thought about this psalm, maybe you can think about this too, that David, what was, what was David thinking when he thought about armies coming at him? Was he thinking about how, how the Philistines came at him? Was he thinking about giant Goliath that came at him? What was he imagining when he thought about this, this enemy army that was about to swallow him alive? What was he thinking about when he thought about the wave of water rushing over him when he thought about being caged up like a bird? It's like a nightmare, except it's all too real. Because most of life, and I say most, and that's maybe not quite enough, is full of trouble and trauma. Psalm 90 says it this way, we have 70 or 80 years if we have the strength, yet their span. In other words, the entirety of it all is but trouble and sorrow. The very next psalm talks about the pestilence that stalks in the darkness and the plague that destroys at midday. The psalmist says, well, we will not be afraid, but the assumption is that there will be a pestilence stalking and the plague will be destroying at midday. The reality is, and David's grappling with it, as you all grapple with it, 
that as long as we live in a sinful world, in a cursed world, and as long as we ourselves struggle daily with the sin that is in us, we will face and fight. We will face and experience trouble and sorrow. That's why I wonder if this psalm is the psalm of the traumatized and the troubled who are in it, who have been in it, or are seeing it coming. Because you've all been there in some way. It just kind of happens, doesn't it? The, the hammer drops, the hammer of circumstance and trouble. Make the list in your heart. The loss of a job, the loss of a person you love, the loss of a home, the loss of a car. Change. Sickness. Disease. Death. You come home from work and there's water in your basement. You wake up in the morning and your windshield's bashed in. It happens suddenly. And, it, and it's, like a, it's like a punch in the gut. Prove me wrong. It crushes you. And it's not just things that happen to us, that happen to us in our lives. It's, it's people, too. People say stuff about us. They say stuff to us. Think of David. Again, think of David. You have Absalom in the middle of all people hearing say, you know what, my dad, David, he's okay, but if I were king... There's this conspiracy against the king by his own son in broad daylight. And then there's Shimei throwing rocks and cursing David as he leaves town. People say stuff behind closed doors right to us, throwing rocks right at us. And they don't just talk, they do. David, what was it? Absalom tried to raise a coup and arm. He didn't just talk. He raised an army to throw his dad off the throne. Doeg chased David and his men and tried to kill off. He did kill off the priest and tried to get David too. Saul hounded David and chased him into a cave like a bird in a cage. You have your stories. I have mine. What I'm talking about is not only are we sinful people who do sinful things, but we're in a sinful world and sinful things happen to us. And we become a victim, we become troubled and traumatized. It's like a bad dream. And, and here's David in Psalm 124 asking a question that almost leads you to a despairing answer. He says, what if God were not on your side? What if God were not on your side when the enemy horde comes rushing down, the, cascading down the hill? What if God were not on your side when the floodwaters advance against your house? What if God were not on your side when you're like a bird trapped in a cage? What if God were not on your side? And the despairing answer is, well, there's nothing you can do. I mean, we want to say to ourselves that we can do it. 
right? Right when the, the basement gets flooded, and we're like, I'm going to tough my way through this. I can do it. Can you? Somebody hurts us, and we say, I can get through this. I can overcome. Can you, though? Kind of. What Ash Wednesday forces us to think about when we think about the wounds that we receive from people and circumstances is we just can't. It presents us with our frailty and our mortality and our inability. Ashes you are, to ash you will return. Don't trick yourself into thinking that you can because you can't. Not in the way that it matters most. And so here's David asking this despairing question, well, what if God were not on our side? Well, surely you'd be in trouble. You'd be done. But David doesn't assume that you're going to go that direction, does he? He knows that that's what the answer is. But he also knows another truth that's larger. But you are not on your own. What if the Lord had not been on our side? Well, he is on your side. That's what David's getting at. The Lord is on your side and he will never lead your side. That's what, that's what this Lenten season at its very heart, deepest core is all about. It's about how God came to your side and took up your cause. It's, it's how God didn't just stay up in heaven and say, well, that stinks. I'm sorry you're going through that. He, he, it's, it's how God came down and shared humanity with you. Shared human flesh with you. Lived the life that you live without sin. Died the death that you deserve so that you wouldn't have to. Taking up your cause in every way. First, to be your Savior. Everything else after that is gravy. But first, to be your Savior. He took your flesh to take your sin. See, as much as we're wounded by other people, we also are the wounders. As much as we're the victimized, we're also the victimizers. As much as we don't want to be. He took our sin on himself. He became the victim. Not just to people, though he certainly was. He drank up all of God's wrath. Like a fire, he drank it down to its very core. He took your place, was a victim before God. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, he took your place. He became your savior and did what you never could do. But not just that. Here's the gravy. Because he walked in your shoes. Because he knows what it's like to be human. Because he was. Because he knows the, pain, the difficulty of sorrow and loss and abuse. Because he knows what you go through. Hebrew says this, that he's able to help. He understands you. When you cry out to him and talk about your pain, he gets you, he hears you. What if God had not been on our side? 
<laughs> That's not even a question, is it? Because God is on our side. And, and so what that means is, when it seems like a nightmare, that's become all too real. When Pharaoh's coming, when the flood's coming, when, when the trap closes down on you and, and you're trapped like a bird in the cage, stay with it just a little longer. Come to Psalm 124 a little bit and see how the vision changes. Because you're not a victim, you're not a bird trapped in a cage because the Lord is on your side. And suddenly the tables were turned and the waters swallow Pharaoh and the bird gets set free. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Yes, the Lord who made heaven and earth. Amen? Amen. Now the God of peace grant you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Amen.